further reductions in the Harry Corrie summer sale with massive savings and fantastic ideas to transform your home for less. Visit us in-store or online at harrycorrie.com. Harry Corrie, the curtain embedding specialist. Further items reduced in-store and online. In this episode, I speak to Scotland's own Mark Nelson ahead of his solo Friends show. Mark is a multi-award winning stand-up whose mix of dark humour, cutting observations and superb one-liners has firmly established him as one of the UK's biggest hitting comedy powerhouses. Can't tell you how excited I am to have this man with me, Mark Nelson, because I tried to get Mark onto the, the first series and it was like trying to pin down a ping pong ball in a washing machine. <laughs> it wasn't easy, Mark. Finally got you. How are you? I'm alright. That wasn't entirely my fault. That makes <laughs> no. me sound like I'm no, like a... <laughs> It was not your fault at all. It was just it was just a demonstration of, of how chaotic I was and in, in, in trying to organise it and, and also how busy you were, you know. Yeah, you're yeah. Very busy, very, very busy man. Yes, aye, aye which is good. But yeah, I'm I'm delighted to be on finally. Yeah, and you're about to enter a particularly busy period for any comedian. We've got mm. Edinburgh Edinburgh just around the corner and your show is called Mark Nelson Comedian. It's just called Comedian. Yeah, comedian. but comedian in inverted commas. Because that's what I get called on Twitter about five times a day by pricks. Uh, I didn't go all out to do so-called comedian, but no, I just, yeah, I get that uh, going. I, I wondered whether it was just a reminder to people walking through the streets of Edinburgh that that's what the festival was all about, you know, just in case they thought they'd inadvertently stumbled across the Chelsea Flower Show or something. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's comedy. Yeah. I always have kind of vague titles anyway, because they ask, you, they ask you to provide the title so early on, and by that point, you've no real idea what it, what is going to be in the show at all. So a vague title, you don't need to stick yeah. to anything. It's yeah. much easier that way. What is the kind of timeline then? So when, when you, you know, obviously people like yourself, you know, it's accepted you will be playing the Fringe. So the, the mm. people that you're dealing with, whether the venue and the organisers will know that, you know, you will be you will be doing a show. But at what point did they say to you, what's it going to be called and what time of the day would you like? That kind of thing. You know? Well, I mean, it kind of depends. I mean, this year is different because this is like the first proper normal year back since covid so folks kind of kind of taking taking it tentatively but um normally what would happen is it, dep- it depends how early you want to get it on sale and how big you want to go with it because there'll be i mean there'll be some folk there'll be some like there's always i always kind of joke about the fact that london comics pretty much start previewing the next year's show the day after the last fringe finishes yeah. whereas scottish comics tend to be quite lazy bastards <laughs> and write it in the last month so yeah i mean it would normally be about you'd normally kind of you'd need to lock down a venue around about kind of january february if you wanted a decent decent room yeah what's your ideal time of the day <sighs> now that's a good question uh, probably it would probably be about seven eight o'clock no any later than half nine because then you're getting an audience that you 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 won't you won't struggle to control, but mm-hmm. it's no as friendly. Yeah, particularly at the weekends. Yeah, and I just wouldn't suit yeah. anything pre seven o'clock. Like, because I've been offered afternoon shows before, and it just it just wouldn't work. Yeah, like, you've got families and kids. And... Yeah, I don't know. Who, I don't know who it comes to them. Like, I know a lot of old people go to them, mm-hmm. and it would just be death. It would just <laughs> like, I know those people would hate it. Honestly, I don't know how some comics get up. Yeah. Yeah. In the morning for gigs. Yeah. And you. so what What? What do you, do you know your time for this year? Ah, it's five past seven. Pretty so good. it's all right. Aye. Okay. So that's your career. People have had a had their tea. And that's a, it. Yep. Maybe a wee glass of wine. Yep. That's, really? the, that's the ideal. And then it's it's early enough so that if it is weekend, yeah. they're not absolutely hammered yet. They're not, they're not they're totally, totally steaming. Aye. And also in the current climate, if the train 
situation is as bad as it is at the moment. <laughs> they can say, well, we'll, do, we'll, we'll, we'll go to the show at five past seven, but fucking hell, that's, that's all we can do. <laughs> we, need to, we need to start hailing a taxi. So that's, so that's, that's a pretty good time. Excellent. Yeah, it's not too bad. I'm is, there, is, there a, is there a kind of, um, I don't know how to word this, is there a kind of hierarchy almost? Like, do, you know, is, 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 do, do people who, who, let's say it's someone doing it for the first time, mm. right? Can they pick and choose? Or, did, or, or if a venue says, okay, you're good enough to do this, but we will tell you when you're going on. Um, I don't really know. I think I think it would kind of depend. It depend, depend on who they've... Who, a lot of it is first come, first serve. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be people... There will be people that have, that have got a big relationship with certain venues mm-hmm. and they'll go back every year and they'll get the same, similar kind of times. Yeah. But apart from that, there's no... I mean, there's no, there's no saying why someone doing their debut ever couldn't have an eight o'clock slot yep. and then it's at the same time there's some like uh, sean walsh is doing his quite early on this year i don't i don't think there is i no. don't think there is a hierarchy in terms of that it's, it, i mean a lot of the a lot of the things if if you're if, if you're kind of established mm-hmm. you get to pick and choose what venue yep. depending yep. on what slot and the room's much more important than the time slot to yep. be honest that's yep. far more important than it yeah because if the room's shite and, it's and a shite one. What would be an example of a shite room? One that's one that's halfway along the M8 back towards Glasgow. Or yes, something. that that would, but that actually would be an all right room because I could get home really early. <laughs> but no shite room. If if it's if it's hard to find, then you're buggered. Yeah. Um, if it's it's it, it's all to do with the walls. Mm-hmm. I had a, I had a couple of years ago when I was in the Gildy Balloon. There was an American comic up the stairs. Every single like the first couple of nights, it was quite funny. And then it got a bit annoying because of the sheer noise that was bleeding through right. from his. So I ended up making it part of the show because I knew exactly <laughs> on what minute this particular bit that would cause a huge, huge amount of noise. Yeah. And I got the entire of my audience to yell at his audience to shut the fuck up. So, <laughs> and I don't think I, I don't think he ever realised why that was happening. But. <laughs> oh, that's good. So you you did. Um... Did you do last year then? When when it I was did, I, of, it was it was like fringe light, I suppose. How did yeah, you find it? The perfect fringe is yeah. what it was. Yeah, why yeah. is that? Um, because most of the audiences were all just local Edinburgh folk, mm-hmm. so it was nice. Yeah, I, I only did eight shows, so that was lovely to do that. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was in that it was in that great period where the coronavirus had finished. And folk were so delighted to go to anything yeah. that the goodwill in the room was incredible. You, I mean, you, you were literally getting rounds of applause for just saying hello, <laughs> which was amazing. <laughs> and then that that feeling dissipating <laughs> very quickly around about October. I, I can imagine also that that the last year COVID would clearly have been probably fifty percent of just about everybody's act as well. I mean, there was yeah. well, there was nothing else to talk about. I suppose it was pretty much yeah, it was pretty much my whole show yeah. uh, last year because yeah. like you say like there was nothing else no. absolutely nothing else had happened so this year then uh comedian wh- when did you when did you start putting it together well i did my first preview last night so yeah. i started putting it together yesterday <laughs> uh, that's that's not that far off now nah, i've had i've had ideas what i've done is it was lovely to do last year but i kind of spent a lot of the material that i'd been writing all over covid and I, at the time i thought oh this is great and now i'm kind of going you were a tit for doing that. Why did you should have held that back? Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, now, while while everyone else is going away, is going back with a a, a show two years in the making. Yeah. Or you've got debut shows that are that are going to be incredible because they've had because they were going to be good mm-hmm. when they went there initially, and then they've had another extra two and a half years to make them perfect now. <laughs> 
and I've got to write an entire new hour yeah. since then. Wow. Um, luckily, a lot of shit's happened in the world yeah. since oh, then. Well, so. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. you think? <laughs> oh, God, I know. Uh, there's probably uh, it is the worse the world is, the better it is for a comedian as well. If everything was yeah. like you know happy and shiny, and we didn't have Boris Johnson in charge and so on, yeah, where, where would we go? It'd be very boring. Yeah, obviously you're joking when you say he started writing it yesterday. Mm. Could it be that like you know the kind of fresher the ideas, the better it is? So absolutely, yeah. yeah. I know, I know, a lot of people that have done huge, huge tours that, it, that honestly by the end of it they are. It's not. It's not that kind of way. I'm sick of hearing my own voice. They mm. genuinely hate the shows that they're doing now because they've said it so many yeah, times. Yeah, exactly yeah. the same way yeah. every single night. Yeah. So yeah, the fresher, the freshness does help because you do yeah. deliver new material yeah. with a lot more excitement and you, you give it more whenever you're doing that. And what I remember speaking to Fred McCauley and he was talking about the Fringe and he was telling me that the Fringe. I mean, the Fringe initially was never this. You would take this perfectly polished show right from day one. The idea of The Fringe was you would take a bunch of ideas and The Fringe was a chance to work on it every night and develop it into a show that you would then tour. Yeah. And that was part of the magic of The Fringe. It was always a, cl- to... a close season training. Exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly, yeah. And yeah. it was it was more... And I, I, I want to do that one year. I, I, that was what I was planning to do the year COVID struck. I was just going to go... I was going to go with... I was going to make sure I went with nothing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. And then on the way to the first gig, start writing down ideas in a notebook and yeah. then hopefully by the end of it, have a show. That'd be a cracking idea. Yeah. You guys call it something like it starts right here and then just, you know, on, on the very first day. Yeah. I, I don't know what I'm going to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and and if, you, if you do want to do that, he said it here first, so that's officially copyrighted. <laughs> Matt, Matt Nelson's show. It starts right here. I've got a tiny wee flavour of what you're talking about from my own, you know, minuscule fledgling comedy life. So I did, I did the, I did Red Draw again at the mm-hmm. stand last week, and my, and my wife said to me, "Um, all right, okay, am I going to be a plus one?" And I said, "I'd really rather you weren't there." Mm-hmm. And she's, she's, why? And I said, "Because I, I would much rather it was people who had never ever seen me before, rather than pals and friends and family." Yeah. Because in my head, you'll be saying, "Oh, here we go again with that bloody routine about yep. the, the gangsters or the war or something." Yeah, like that. yeah. And as, yeah, I, yeah, as yeah. I'm saying it, I'd be, I'd be worrying too much about folk giving it. Boring, you know, yeah. and and rather and where you know that it's a whole crowd of people who have never seen it before. It's almost like you're kind of seeing it for the first time. Absolutely. I suppose when you when you when you know when you're touring a different place, that's how you'll feel. Yeah, and it's that 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 feeling never really goes away. It becomes weirder. I get it with because I'm not I'm not that bothered about my pals and stuff. I'm not bothered my wife. She doesn't come and see me at all anymore. <laughs> Can't be asked. But uh, well, I, I get it a lot with co- other comics. Like if you're on a, particularly if it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I will try and make sure that I do different stuff every night. And part of it is to make it exciting and fresh for me. But part of it is an insecurity thing of the other comics watching it and going, Christ almighty, is, is, he, still, he, getting, is he getting nothing else? Is he still doing that? Yeah. And, and, and doesn't he? And, and but surely it's, that's, that's purely measured by the by the, the reaction of the crowd who've never seen it before. Absolutely, it yeah. is. It, no, it's a, it's a pure insecurity thing because yeah. at no point when I see an act go on that I'm working with all weekend and they do exactly word for word every single night, at no point am I thinking that oh my god they're doing that but again but I, th- I assume that they're thinking that it's, about me it's just well that that's it I and that that's that's what I'm thinking as well and that's and so so anyway she didn't like what divorce me she kind of and as it turned out she had this new and continuous cough and I said you better not go you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> I wouldn't be going to a wee intimate venue coffin like that. So that was great. So she didn't come along. So can you tell us anything about it? Do you want to give away any of the, the, the secrets of what the show is going to involve? Um, it's, it's literally just, if you've never seen me before, it's, mm-hmm. it's literally, it's going to be the kind of show I normally do. Mm-hmm. It's um, a hell of a lot of stuff about what's happening in the news mm-hmm. in the past year. It, there'll be a lot of filth in it at some point. <laughs> Hence uh, the seven o'clock start. Yes, yeah. uh, and... Uh, yeah, I don't know if this is a because you know when you when you're writing new stuff, people have a tendency to swear a lot, I and mean, that's like a nervous kind of thing when folk. If I throw a swear word, then it's going to make this joke better. Yeah, that, I think yeah. it's a Glaswegian thing. Yeah, I it think. is actually. Yeah, 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 and you see it. You see it when new acts, and you see it when people are trying new material. Mm-hmm. My thing is a lot of my stuff. Whenever I do a brand new show, it all tends to be really dark mm-hmm. and really offensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. And Love it. <laughs> But then I kind of have to tame it back because you realise after once you listen to the first kind of preview, you go, Jesus Christ, like this is there's no let up in this at all. <laughs> so you then you lighten it a bit, and I think I think that's my kind of nervous tick thing rather yeah. than the swearing. We touched on it quite a lot in the first series, but it's always worth revisiting because people like Billy Conley obviously mm. is an art form, mm-hmm. an art form. But he didn't overuse it, but by God, he used it well. If you, know? if, if you place it. If, if you place it like punctuation, it, it becomes... Yeah. And if you use it effectively in a punchline, yeah. it can elevate a punchline. I tried last week to drop the F word from a, from a punchline. It's a bit it's a bit I do about being on the front line in Iraq years mm-hmm. ago, in true story, and, and about, you know, um, coming under mortar attack and, and with a few soldiers and we're hiding out in this, this bombed out building. And I kind of, you know, and, and I'm terrified. I'm absolutely terrified. I'm hiding. I'm, I'm basically rolled up in a wee ball. Gunfire's getting louder louder closer and closer and i said i do this thing where but i remember i'm a professional so I, in the spirit of john simpson I, I put on my helmet i put on my flight jacket and i hid in the fucking cupboard <laughs> but last week i dropped the f word i said and i hid in the cupboard and the laughter was exactly the same as it was with it and, and i kind of thought i don't know if i need it no, I, think, I think it's i think it's a glaswegian thing aye, if, you, if you throw the f f bomb in aye. It's going to shock people a wee bit yeah, more. Yeah, 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 maybe yeah. you have to get in a mindset where if the content's good enough, it doesn't really matter whether you whether you swear. Yeah, I think I think I think in that kind of in that kind of sense, you don't need that word at all because that is a funny joke. Well, without it, but sometimes it needs us. Well, like because like, there have been some there's, there's been some jokes that I've made where I've had I've asked it if I've been doing like some kind of corporate thing yeah. or if I've done them on radio or anything like that. I've had to remove the swear word, and it's nowhere near as funny because yeah. the swear word's been chosen specifically for that. So, so maybe a Glasgow story or a story about Glaswegians. Yeah, and, and... there's like a joke I do about when I was hanging around when I, when other parents were asking me whether. I was going to send the kids back to school when COVID was still around. I was like, well, of course I'm going to send them back. I've been stuck with these. And I tried different words to what to call them. And by far it works best when I call them the worst word possible. <laughs> yeah. uh, is it a C-bomb? It is, it is. Uh, but it works, it works so much better because there is that shock value of people. If I tell them it's cute little yeah. kids are like, you know, six or seven or something, you know, that, that is, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that is. However, if, if I have already said the C-word at the start of a show or before I come to that bit, I won't use it again in that bit because it's yeah. lost the effect. Too, that if, if you haven't, if you haven't like you know used that word or sworn at all, it's le- it's a less is more. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Someone's not expecting it. Can we, yeah, you know, like somebody's very well spoken, you know, yeah. English accent or whatever in Edinburgh and, and yeah. posh, and then throw something in that you don't expect left field, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon you get. I reckon I like to 
at most one for 20 minutes. One every 20 minutes. That's, yeah. the, that's the quota. <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to between now and you're, you're kicking. Give, well, first of all, let's let's get the plug in straight away. So give us your, so you're five past seven yep. at... Uh, Monkey Barrel. Monkey Barrel. Okay. Yes. And is that running from, what, from what's the first day? So the first day I'll be doing is the third, okay. which is the Thursday, I think. Okay. So the Thursday and the Friday are preview days, okay. so they're cheaper. And then the Saturday's the first proper show. Okay. And then it's running until the 28th. Okay. But I'm taking two of the Mondays off. Okay. Because they're shite. <laughs> what is, okay, is, is Monday not a good day for uh, for kind of um, Monday, it's just, punters walking past and decide they're yeah, going to pop in? just so knackered yeah. as well. And it's just that normally most people take the middle Monday off. Mm-hmm. I've taken one of the other ones. You don't really take the first Monday off because then that's the traditional two for one day. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, my God, look at like, like it's such an artistic thing. It's a fucking salesman here. Like, that's the two for one day, and then yeah. it's very difficult. But, uh, but yeah. And there's some people do the very last Monday, mm-hmm. which I've done once, and it's the grimmest experience because you're doing your show and there's technicians taking down the building. <laughs> like, there's, there's folk removing banisters and posters and shit and you've still got a room to play like it's it's so bad a guy walking past you with a, a set of ladders yeah over yeah there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, yeah it's so grim yeah i know that so so that's i must be a man mind then um i i am due to be um due to be on doing doing some open spots mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm away in holiday at the start of august anyway but um jay lafferty very kindly and asked me to to do some open spots mm-hmm. for her and i'll i'll be doing 10 minutes a couple of days the third week of August, I think. I haven't mm. quite settled, agreed on what days are going to be yet. But I'm dead excited about it. Third week's the best week. Yeah. By far. Oh, that's good to know. Nobody gives a shit anymore. Yeah. Because by the third week, by the third week, audiences have kind of, they're kind of wanting to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone knows their show by that point really, really well. At that point, if you are getting reviewers, if they come in the third week, it doesn't matter what they say <laughs> about you anyway. And all the arseholes that are, potentially thinking they're going to get nominated i've already found out that they either are or they aren't <laughs> so they've either thrown themselves off a bridge or they are happy as larry yeah so yeah. uh so yeah the, the, the third week's the proper relaxed oh, that's, oh, that's chill awesome. kind of week well i should i should look forward to that the harry cory summer sale is now on with massive savings and fantastic ideas to transform your home for less Visit us in-store or online at harrycory.com. Harry Corey, the curtain embedding specialist. The summer sale is now on. Once it's finished, so you you know, if you don't do that final Monday, you mm. finish on the Sunday by crescendo. What do you normally do? Do, you, do you, because that's I mean that's that's solid graft for a month. Do you just basically just bugger off somewhere or do you just have I to always go? do. I always do the same. So on the last Sunday, I always normally have quite a big night out with my pals, like comedy pals, on the Friday. And then the Saturday night would normally be when a lot of my pals would come through from school and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then on the Sunday, I, what I do normally on the Sunday is I normally buy a can for all the audience. So, like, when folk go in, there's a can sitting under their seat. Mm-hmm. Most folk don't take it, but mm-hmm. then you get some folk that do take it, and then suddenly they're going, can I have yours as well? So you've got, <laughs> you've got guys managing to tan eight cans in an hour. It's class. <laughs> It's a weird feeling after you finish the show because it's, it's it really is quite it's quite the end of a, a, a particularly if you've really enjoyed it and you've mm-hmm. had a great month mm-hmm. it, you feel quite emotional yeah at the yeah, end of it yeah I can imagine so then I always 
go and say goodbye to tech that you've had for the months and go and say goodbye to the office staff. And then I always go and have a pint before I get on the train at the pub just at the train station. Just the, the, would that be the Haymarket or eh, no, Waverley. A Waverley. Yeah. I always, always, always make sure I have a pint there. Yeah. Before I get back on the train. And then it's just and breathe. And then yeah, the rest basically. of your life starts again. Yeah. And I always make sure I do nothing for a couple of weeks. Like yeah. absolutely nothing to do. Like I'll, I'll still do gigs. But I won't write anything. I won't yeah. care about comedy that much. Yeah, because you, you'll probably have to get to the gym and prepare for the Christmas nights out and all that. Yeah, <laughs> the couple, of, the, 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 the two weekends, the two weekends you do after the Fringe are amazing because you're never that as match fit as you are then. No, of like course. you're literally going in you're, there and just ripping it you're because flying. Yeah. yeah. So the, I take it there'll be quite a queue for folk to try and get the kind of plum gigs at maybe, you know, the the, the stand and whatever in the, the week or two after the Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, it, it, it's, it kinda, it's kind of your luck as to where you're booked. I mean, I had one year where I was doing a weekend at the comedy store the weekend mm-hmm. after, and it was just, you were, you, honestly, you couldn't ask for a better first weekend back after no, the Fringe. No. It was just class. And you're flying. And I suppose everyone yeah. else on the bill will be in the same, a lot of the people will just Absolutely. be match, match fit. Yeah. So let's go back to the start then. So you, you, um, I know you're older than Jesus. You're two or three years older than Jesus now. I'm, I'm, yes, I'll be. <laughs> what am I now? I'm eight years older than Jesus now. <laughs> Tell me how, how the how the decision came about to try comedy. I mean, did, did you wake up one day and think, I think I've got a flair for this? Or did your pals and your family say, you need to do that because you're sharp? I think it was mostly me. Like, I've always loved it. I've always really, really loved comedy and stand-up in particular. And it was never something that, it was never something that I thought was an option for anyone to do. And it was, I remember when I when I moved up to Glasgow, a pal I worked with, we went to Michael Redmond's show at the stand on a Saturday night, just the Sunday service. And obviously seeing him being a huge Father Ted fan, that mm-hmm. was amazing. And mm-hmm. then he had Tom Stade headlining that night. And I was utterly blown away mm-hmm. by watching Tom on stage like genuinely like this was it was unlike any stand-up DVD or I'd seen in the telly because it was so in your face it's so raw and just so immediate Mm -hmm. so I made sure I kept going back to the stand and then Mm. my admin skills are awful so I would never I'd never known where to ask people to do gigs where to do this I did a comedy course at Strathclyde Uni run by Viv G in my year where Billy Kirkwood's and Jay Lafferty. Yeah. So it was quite a, quite a good year. And after that, that kind of, because I don't, I don't really know. I think Viv, I think, I mean, there was people on the course that obviously wanted to do it for different reasons. You could tell who was good from the start. Like mm-hmm. you could tell Billy was good. Mm-hmm. You can't, I don't, I still don't think you can teach people how to be funny, but you can teach people the craft mm-hmm. of being funny. You can teach people. For me, it was about learning about how, it works like how you how you apply for gigs how you do all that kind of yeah, stuff and yeah. so that's what uh, that's what was most beneficial for me and the contacts you made because after that me jane billy stayed in touch with another couple of guys don't do it anymore we started our own night mm-hmm. in the west end mm-hmm. and that was where we kind of Con- trained ourselves and confidence grows from that as well massively if you, if you if you if you feel if you feel kind of in charge of what's going on enough yeah. to say i'm going to set up one night and then people come to you all of a sudden you, you yeah know, you've got and the name starts to grow yeah you know? and we, we we switched about like so one week i think we did it monthly but one month i would compare billy would open jay would close and then we'd switch the roles around so you were getting used to doing all the different things yeah. and then we did a Glasgow Comedy Festival show where we did sketches in it as well mm-hmm. and I'd never written a sketch in my life so yeah. uh, 
politics as well. You, you did the Glasgow. Where, where, where are you from originally? Sorry, I meant to ask you. Uh, Dumfries. Right, okay. So I grew up in Dumfries. Yeah, yeah. And then did you you, you went to uni in Glasgow? And did you kind yeah. of pretty much stay at that point? And, and yeah, I've you? never I've never left. Yeah, I'd, I absolutely loved because I came, I came initially. I wanted to write films. That's what I came to uni to do. I came yeah. to do film studies. Uh-huh. I ended up getting kicked off the course because it was so wanky. It's like first year was fine, but I thought I was going to learn how to make films, how to write films, and it yeah. was so theoretical and so it was just so up its own arse. Yeah, and I just I just lost complete interest in it and yeah. I ended up getting kicked off the course. Yeah. But I was enjoying being in uni and being in Glasgow so much that I just jumped onto the politics course. Yeah. And ended up getting a degree in that. And you're a familiar voice on the radio too, the, um, mm. with uh, breaking the news and so mm. on. So, do you think that that helps as far as the stand-up's concerned? Having to because clearly because of that, the very name itself is about the mm. news. You have to kind of keep up to speed with what's going on, and you're kind of and you're being satirical on the radio. And do you, do you, does that help keep you kind of sharp and match fit, as it were? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm massively interested in politics and mm-hmm. the news in general. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's always the kind of because, like, when you first start out, you've got a, you've got an entire life up until that to make comedy from. And as you know yourself, when you get married and you get kids, largely fuck all happens. Like there's <laughs> so little that happens, and there's yeah. only so much you can dredge out of the mundanity yeah, yeah, yeah. of just being a family man. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's why I love having been able to write topical material because yeah. it's a never ending source. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. where I get most of it. And then you'll find that when you start doing that kind of stuff, you can draw your own experiences mm-hmm. into things. Yeah. Being kind of a you know on the radio quite a bit too, that'll help you. So I speak in a certain way as well because that show's yeah. going out all over Scotland. And I was I wanted to ask you too about about the the show at the Fringe because if you're playing a club in Glasgow, you're maybe mm. playing at Glaswegians, mm. and you can you know they they'll know what you're talking about regardless mm. of what you're saying. But when in Edinburgh, the audience is from all over the world. Yeah. So do you, are, you, are you ever conscious that you're kind of talking to? You have to maybe adjust how you speak when you're not when you're, not now because I gig all over Britain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I know what pace to go at. I know how to enunciate words so yeah not now maybe at the, at the start probably yeah. and i've never been i've never been a particularly broad scottish accent either like so it's bizarre when i go back to them freeze people do think i've got I've now got a glaswegian accent yeah and when i come up here taxi drivers can tell i'm not originally from yeah. glasgow but i mean it's like audiences i think particularly some london audiences they're fucking lying if they can't. They say they can't understand you, right? It's laziness. Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. literally what it is. Yeah. Because I've watched, I've watched comics come up here and speak so fast with a Cockney accent. You're kind of struggling. Yeah. I'm struggling to understand it. And yeah. you're going, there's never that. There's never that consideration that yeah. they would slow down sure. for us. But sure. we are panicking about yeah. going down there yeah. and going, oh god, I better, I better. So, and what really pissed me off was, I remember I did. Because, I mean, I've done, like, gigs in Dubai. I did, I did gigs in China. and wow. um, okay. They understood me. Barely, but they did. <laughs> and uh, That's interesting. But I remember, I remember doing a gig in Dubai, and there was a guy come up to me afterwards from Britain, and he said, I was really struggling to understand you there. And I was like, there are people from the UAE here that had no problem understanding me. <laughs> You're the arsehole here, right? You're the... <laughs> What was the what 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 is the story behind the Chinese gig? Was that was that a corporate thing? Or, you know, no, it was know. a it was a wee tour. Yeah, um, it was me and uh, two other comics yeah. went out there. It was there was a guy ran a load of shows out there. So we did we did two in Hong Kong and then we did 
I think two in Bangkok and then mm. two in Shanghai. And it was mental. Like it was, I mean, cause some of them were like expats. Yeah, yeah. But there was, I mean, there was one gig we did where barely anyone in the room spoke English. And it was, it was bad. And I did, I did the routine about my daughter taking a shit in the bath while I was in it. And they had no idea what I was talking about, but they were laughing along at the idea of me in the bath with a turd floating about. So, so that it helped. Oh, that's good. What were your first, uh, your first Edinburgh experience? Mm-hmm. Um, can can you can you remember it vividly? Can you remember you know, what the you know because at that point you weren't as big a name as you are now. Yeah. And, and was it were you kind of doing it as a as an open spot or what was the what my first? Was um, I don't think I ever really. I think I did a couple of shows, like a couple of open spots in Edinburgh before. But the first one I did, first show I did was with two other guys, and we did it in a a free fringe. Venue, it's a bucket show, just off, yeah, just off the Royal Mile, twenty minutes each, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it was really enjoyable, mm-hmm. and it was, and and you make you make quite decent money mm-hmm. off it, and mm-hmm. then we'd we'd split it up in the end. I mean, that was the day before card readers or anything like sure, that people sure. had. So you were like counting out coins between the three. Of you. Yeah, there was flyering involved, sure. and uh, it was great. It was like, like it, it was lovely to do because you did get introduced to the fact that there was going to be different audiences every mm-hmm. single day. Yeah. That's a lot of hard work as well in those days. I would imagine you're yeah. talking about flyers. I mean, so you're having to yeah. literally convince you you know convince people Absolutely. tourists. You don't yeah. know me, you know nothing about me, but come and watch. This. Absolutely, and, and it's much easier if you say it's free. <laughs> right. it's free. However, uh, when you leave, yes, yeah. Remember yeah. what? Um, it's, this is probably a fairly standard line among um, comedians who do the, the bucket shows. But someone, I remember watching someone say, uh, "And we're worried about noise, so paper makes a lot less noise." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when you nice. but um, and then you're, so when you did your first solo show at Edinburgh, was mm-hmm. that how many years ago was that? Do you remember? Probably about eight years ago, I mm. think. Yeah. Do you feel a lot of pressure at that point? Did you? F- yeah, because it's a completely different type of thing. Because I've never, I'd never really done an hour before. But the first show was quite easy because the first show is just all your best bits put together. Your greatest hits compilation. All that. Yeah. So your first, your first show, it's largely, it's just, it's just about finding which order they go in. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's the second one that's the most difficult because then you're starting that's the first time you're starting completely blank yeah and I, I suppose that you know your first ever show your first the first time you try comedy mm. all your experiences from from birth I suppose absolutely you're yeah. all of that and then all of a sudden you've got it's like I suppose it's a second album syndrome isn't it yeah yeah then you've got like oh no now you've got a year or less yeah much less actually yeah yeah to come up with another hour yeah it's tough. U- I mean, you've it, used all your experiences. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that—that's always been whenever, whenever I'm writing. I, I don't. This is why I like I like doing stuff like breaking the news because I'm given things to write about. Mm-hmm. My biggest difficulty I find writing comedy is coming up with things to write about. Mm-hmm. Once I've got something, yeah, then it's easy. Yeah, but just that initial finding topics, subjects, it's just uh, that that that's where that's yeah. where I get stuck. Yeah, yeah. I'm at a stage of life where I'm kind of you know. Even just try to type, you know, mm-hmm. it's getting harder and harder, but just the voice yeah. is great. Just, in the, in the, yeah, it's all around us. Ways the old days, you would have a had pen and a bit of paper next to your yeah. bed. That voice notes are voice notes are how um, Jimmy Carr kept his driving license. So he get caught on the phone by the police, and he had one of those, you know, those really slippery lawyers you can get yeah, that will oh, yeah. get you off any traffic <laughs> violation possible. So good then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and the argument was that he had thought of a joke while he was driving down the motorway and he couldn't, there was no service station that he could pull over. He didn't want to pull over on a hard shoulder. So he was just using his phone 
to create to record a voice. I mean, it's what? utter bullshit. He probably was probably, yeah. probably playing a fucking game in <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's how he got off. That's it. pretty good. I didn't I didn't know that story. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm surprised they did get away with it though. I can imagine that sheriff or a judge saying, I don't care. No, no, <laughs> I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but that's pretty, that's yeah. good. So you mentioned Jimmy Carr, but who, who, um, who would your big um, inspirations be over the years? Um, I mean, it's too, it's too obvious to say Connolly, mm. but you kind of have to say him yeah. anyway. Because um, I still think, I still think the audience with Billy Connolly is the funniest, the funniest show I've ever seen mm. in my life. Agreed, 100%. Um, and still now, it's per- it's a perfect era. It's it's unbelievable. Mm. And uh, but apart from that, I was never really. Mo- it was mostly American comedians mm. that I loved. And I think I remember I used to sit up quite late and watch. There was a they always used to show Just for Laughs yeah. from Montreal on Channel Four, late on Friday and Saturday nights, mm. and just seeing some of those comedians and just absolutely just in awe yeah. of like I mean like it. it it's it has dated, but Eddie Murphy's two albums are beyond good. Like yeah, they are yeah. so so good and yeah. so so funny. And then from that, you learn about other people. And so, I mean, now look at I said Stayed, Tom Stayed, mm-hmm. Tom Stayed, and Gavin Webster. I think are sure. the two best comedians in the country. I think they are phenomenal, phenomenally good comedians. You, you you might just have answered this, but when you're in Edinburgh and you and you won't have a lot of time off, mm-hmm. but you might decide I'm going to go and watch a couple of shows. Mm-hmm. Do you always as as I usually? How, how would you go about that? Would you read the various reviews, or do you know beforehand I'm just going to? Go I and... I mean I know I know what kind of comedy I like. Yeah. So I would go and see them. I've got mm-hmm. pals I would go and see as well. But the, the, yeah, I mean it it really depends who's doing it. I never really go and see any of the huge big names mm-hmm. to be honest because they're probably all on at five past seven probably are yeah <laughs> bastards <laughs> um, but and, and I mean that's a compliment because you're yeah. one of those big names that's on at five past seven uh, I think I think the um, I think the one I'm doing I think is late afternoon looks about half four or five o'clock or something I don't yeah know. I, must, I must find out and, and the grass market I think it's uh, I think it's a beehive. Ah, that would be good then yeah that's a great that's brilliant during the fringe yeah it's oh. rammed all the time Oh, I'm so excited. I really yeah. am. I'm so excited. But I, I, I was asking you about, you know, maybe tailoring your act to different parts of people, audience from around the world and mm-hmm. so on. You know, I do a wee, I do a wee scene about the Glasgow Underworld Gangsters and how they all have ridiculous nicknames like cartoon characters yeah, and so yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Bonzo and all that. And, and, and I'm thinking, shit, I hope, I hope um, these people from Norway and New Zealand really get that. No, nah, I wouldn't change a thing, man. Honestly, because you, you, you're like, you'll find that they'll be genuinely quite interested about that you know what I mean like it's that's that's not the type of comedy they'll have heard before so. and they might go and read up on it and exactly when they, when, they, when, they, when they finish exactly when the show finishes <laughs> remind me again the, the day that you're uh, you're first on in August the 3rd 3rd, 3rd of August. August the very first day okay yeah. and it's and apart from that uh, Monday in the middle you're two much, Mondays two, two Mondays, Mondays. Gonna be solid. the second and third Monday okay I'll be how do people go about and get tickets? What's the best thing to do? What, what, do, they, what do they fire into the internet? Just Mark Nelson Edinburgh. Yeah, fringe. if you go to the Monkey Barrel website, so monkeybarrel.com, they'll have, is it Monkey Barrel Comedy? Or Monkey, I think monkeybarrelcomedy.com, yeah. they'll have them. Or you can just go on the Ed Fringe yeah. website, the main yeah. Fringe ticket yeah. website, and yeah. type my name in and it will all come up. I was just about to wrap up, and a question popped into my head. That's what happens. So what happens when you're when you feel as though the show cannot be improved? You're just absolutely ready to go, and half an hour before you go on stage, 
something comes into your head. You just know? put it in. Yeah. Yeah. See, my memory wouldn't allow me to do that. I have to, I'm, everything has to be so rigid ah, for me. But see, that's exciting. If you, <laughs> if you can think of something, particularly if something happens in the news that day that you yeah. can add in, and plus you look like a genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's so, like, it's, it, it, I remember I did, I did a show, I did a show about Brexit mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and that had, had to literally be rewritten most weeks because mm-hmm. things were happening so fast. Fast moving changes, yeah. And then even doing it, Right up, there was things happening during the fringe that I was able to put in, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that I loved that. Yeah, but that's, I suppose, but that's your craft, isn't it? I mean, you've been doing it for yeah. a long number of years, and for, for for me, starting out and trying this, um, I I have to have I've used all my visual memory yeah, techniques. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, look, listen, I'm going to make a point of coming to see you anyway, Mark. Uh, Thank you, and uh, I'm glad I managed to. We managed our diaries managed to synchronise yeah. to a sufficient extent. Absolutely. And at the studio, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Yes, you too, man. It's uh, been cracking. Yeah, and we'll catch up in Edinburgh, I'm sure. Yep. So, Mark Nelson, thanks very much for coming on the show. Cheers, Simon. Ta.